hands this morning. Father, there's nothing like your presence. There is nothing like your love. Father, I thank you that we can just come to you, come into your presence, come closer to you. I thank you that that veil truly was torn, that you made that way for us to come on in, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we can obtain mercy, that we can just receive your love, receive your grace, receive all that you have for us. Father, I just thank you for time in your presence through worship. Father, I thank you for your word. It is living and powerful. Father, we just don't look at this as just a book. This is you speaking to us. I hear so many people say, I don't hear God's voice. And then they say, I don't, I don't read the word. Your word is your voice. Your word is absolute truth, Father. Father, I thank you that we can receive what you have for us this morning. We've prepared our hearts. Father, I won't speak of myself or my opinion, but I'll speak the word that you have given me this morning. Let our hearts be open to receive it. Father, we want change. We want growth. We want to come closer to you. Father, we want to know what we were created for, and that was for you. But what do you want us to do here? What's holding us back? What, what are you asking for us to do? Father, every time we dig into your word, we find out a little more and a little more and a little more of your goodness and your love and your grace and your mercy and your will and your plan for our lives. Father, we receive what you have for us this morning. And we do it all in the holy, majestic name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Yes, I'm a little cryy this morning. You know, Satan is a liar and he's a thief. And, you know, he tries to bring frustrations and discouragement and he tries to bring sickness and he tries to do anything to stop what God wants. And we can either lay down and play dead or we can make... Us rise up and say, no, we're going to rise up and make a standard. Amen. We're going to rise up and do exactly what God wants us to do. I don't care if I, I'm not feeling well. My job is to preach the word to you, to do what the Lord asked me to do. Amen. And you know, sickness is going around, but no weapon formed against us will prosper. Amen. Weapons are being formed in so many different ways, but it's our job to choose if we're going to believe the word and stand on the word. Listen, the battle's already been won, and it's been won by Christ. Amen? Our job is to walk in the victory. Amen? So Wednesday, this one I might get a little teary on today, but it's okay, right? Listen, we're human. The Lord's been talking to me about a few things that are hindering the body of Christ and that's ca it's causing us to stay victims instead of being victorious and sometimes that's a hard thing to handle you know because we see that we're the Bible says we're victors we're victorious 
we're conquerors, more than conquerors, we're overcomers. But then we see things coming up in our lives and it causes us to still be a victim. So Wednesday, the Lord's been talking to me about unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is keeping people back from the perfect will of God. Unforgiveness is keeping people back from the power of God. Unforgiveness keeps us in a victim stance instead of victorious. Now, unforgiveness just doesn't go to your brother or sister, the neighbor, the heathen, or your family. Or Unforgiveness is also that. And we went into Matthew, in Matthew 18 and 21 through 35, it talks about the unforgiving servant. And I know, you know, I'm not going to go back through it, um, but read it. But Peter says, Jesus, so do I forgive seven times instead of, and we talked about, you know, they said you had to do in the old days, forgive three times, the fourth time you didn't have to. So Peter thought he was pretty righteous and said, so Lord, we have to forgive seven times? And Jesus said, no, seven times 70. For one hurt, for one thing that somebody does in one day. So if someone does 10 different things to you, you have to forgive them 490 times each for each one of them. The point is that in Christ, Forgiveness is limitless. It doesn't matter. We ask for forgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive us. So who are we to not forgive our brother or sister? We've been forgiven all. And the woman that had been forgiven much, she chose to love much. Amen? For unforgiveness is, is hurting the body. And that's what we were talking about. The next one is, um, that we talked about was forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself is very important. Forgiving yourself will keep you away from, from God. God, I'm not worthy. That song was so perfect this morning. He counted you worthy. He called you worthy. Because you're in Christ. So when, if you say you're in Christ and you say you're not worthy, which one is it? You have to pick which one it is. You are worthy because you're found in Christ Jesus himself. Amen? So you have to forgive yourself from your past. And then you have to forget about it. You have to forgive all that has been done to you. And you have to forgive yourself. And we talked about Paul. And Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Paul was destroying the church. He was trying to do anything he could to stop what God wanted. And then he found himself on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus there. And Jesus changed his life. You know, I'm not gonna ask for hands being raised, but how many of you have had that contact with Jesus and he changed your life? It was that point that you said, man, I know this is my God. Paul had that conversion. If Paul would have not forgiven himself, and if Paul would have not forgot what he had done, he would have never been used so greatly in the power of God. God used him in unusual miracles, the Bible said. He touched a handkerchief and the anointing went on it and they took it to someone and they were healed. 
If Paul said, man, I'm not worthy, I'm not forgiven, I can't do this, most of the New Testament wouldn't have been wrote. The world was turned upside down because he said, I have to forget my past, I have to move on, I have to do something here. Because Jesus changed my life forever. I owe him a debt and I owe him my life. A life for a life. That dude was stoned and beaten and left for dead and shipwrecked. And nothing stopped him from doing the will of God. And he didn't walk in unforgiveness and say, oh, Lord, they stoned me. No, he got back up and he went to the next place. These are examples in the word. Everyone says, well, Jesus, he's God. Yes, but he did it all in the flesh. He was 100% God and 100% human, but he did this all in the flesh. He's a God that can sympathize with our weaknesses, our hurts, what we have been through and what we go through. Paul decided, man, I'm not going to let anything stop me because he saved me. Jesus saved me, amen? In Philippians 3, 12, we're going to go over this verse every time I'm up here unless the Lord tells me differently says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, he didn't say I already got it. I don't have it yet. But what I have to do is two steps. I have to forget the past. And then I have to press forward. Wow. Some of our pasts are really hard to forget. They really are. Paul's past was probably really hard to forget. And we talked about this Wednesday, and I promise I'm going to get into what the Lord's talking to me about. But Paul was present when they stoned Stephen. The Bible says they threw their coats, their garments at the feet of Paul, who was Saul at the time. And he, Saul, consented to the death of Stephen. Well, how did they kill him? With stones, not little stones. They threw boulders at him. They killed him. How many times do you think what Paul saw came to his mind, Stephen's face. And what did Stephen say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How many times do you think that came back up to Paul as he was going through? Maybe that was the thing that pushed him and said, you know what, I messed up. I messed up. But I'm seeing his face and he said, Father, forgive him. I choose to forgive and I'm gonna press on. I'm gonna press forward and show the love of God, the love of Christ, amen? I have to forget my past. Those are important keys that we have to see. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ forgave you. Colossians 3.12-13 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If any of you has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Is it that easy? It's supposed to be. 
It takes faith to forgive, and it takes faith to forget. Amen? We have to choose. We have to choose what we're going to do. Isaiah 43, 25 through 26 says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for, your own, for my own sake, and I will remember your sins no more. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. God blots out our transgressions, not for your sake, for his sake. He wants to bless us. He remembers them no more for us. Amen? So this morning, the Lord was talking to me about unforgiveness. And with that comes learning to forget hurt. Man, hurt is plaguing the body of Christ. Hurt feelings, hurt from your past. Hurt is real. It's absolutely real. And hurt isn't easy to get rid of. A couple weeks ago, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge, and he showed me a heart. And in, the, in a human heart, in the person's heart, and in the heart was a wound that was so deep. And it was a wound that couldn't just be stitched up. And the Lord showed me this heart and this wound that was so deep. And he said, I didn't just come to bind it up. I came to give him a whole brand new heart. That's what God does to hurt. Those wounds are deep. But God just doesn't bind them up. He completely heals the broken hearted. This is more important than most people think. Because I don't care if it's yesterday I don't care if it happened when you were five years old. Hurt is real. As long as we live on this earth, there will be hurt. But there are some things we can do to combat hurt. Amen? The Lord wants us to move past and be victorious over hurt, to overcome hurt. Amen? Isaiah 61 says, 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy, joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified." Jesus is called the healer, amen? So many times we just look at it as a physical healing. Lord, I'm, I'm not feeling well, I'm stuffy, I have this sickness going on. The, the doctors just gave me this, this report that I have a disease or I have this or I have that. We look so many times at the physical part of Jesus being the healer, but we forgot that the word says, he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. The anointing isn't just for physical. Not just for spiritual, but for emotional also. Amen? He was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenhearted comes, is hurt. Unforgiveness 
and, and that can lead to a deep wound of hurt. That's all, they all go together. But we have to look at them step by step and piece by piece. In Luke 4.18, Jesus prophesies about himself. He reads out of that, the scrolls and he wrote, read Isaiah 61. And he was talking about himself. The Lord has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus was talking about himself saying, hey, listen, I have come to heal hurt. I have come to heal people, mind, soul, spirit, body, everything you can ever think of. I came to do it. The two are bearing witness that Jesus came for that reason. Amen? Another word for some of the words that brokenhearted was crushed in spirit. Have you ever felt crushed? That's real. Hurt, real. Wounded. Sometimes it's easier for us to handle somebody saying something bad about us. That's not a big deal. But when it's a deep wound, that's not as easy to handle. Psalms 147.3. The reason this is so important to the Lord is because this keeps us from the power of God moving through us, in us and through us. Because what happens with hurt, just like unforgiveness, we put up these walls and we treat God the same way as we treat everyone else. I'm not going to let anyone in. I'm not going to trust anyone. Well, guess what? We do that to God too. Lord, I just don't know. I, I've, I've been through all of this, so I'm going to put up these walls because I don't know if I can trust you. I've been hurt. Where were you, God? Anybody ever heard that or said that? Where were you when I went through this? Well, he said he'd never leave or forsake you. He is a high priest that knows what you went through, what you're going through. He can understand your weaknesses and your hurt. Listen, As long as we live in this world, as long as Satan is allowed to, there is going to be hurt. But we raise up a standard because God did, and we don't have to let hurt affect us. Amen? Because Jesus crushed him. He brought him to absolutely nothing. Our job is to allow the Lord to help minister to us, to help heal us, and to get us on our feet so we can help someone else out that might not know this truth. Amen? Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It's important we see that there's more than one scripture that talks about it. I think it's pretty important. Why is this so important? Because we're not supposed to be victims any longer. Hurt keeps us a victim. Hurt keeps us away from God. It keeps those walls up. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Heart. 
If my heart is away from him and I have walls up and I'm broken, how am I going to trust in someone with all of my heart if I'm broken and I'm wounded? How am I going to do that? The Lord was talking to me about it's time to run to him. What are we broken from? Man, the list could go on and on and on and on and on, right? (laughs) Some of the things the Lord was talking to me about. Have you been hurt or crushed from abuse? Could be physical abuse. Could have been in a bad relationship. Could have been when you were a kid. Have you been abused mentally? Maybe you were abused sexually. Those are wounds. Those are wounds that hurt. Abuse is real. It doesn't mean God said it was okay. It doesn't mean God did it or allowed it. We have an adversary. And he is trying to steal and kill and destroy any chance he can. And he is going to use anybody he possibly can to do it. Abuse is real. Maybe it's rejection. Rejection is real. Rejection from a parent. Rejection from a, in a relationship. Rejection from a teacher or a grandparent or, you know, a boss. Rejection. That's real. I have something funny. This bothered me for a really, really long time, but nobody even knows this. So when I was in sixth grade, there was this little punk kid. I can laugh about it now. But he said, he looked at me and he said, nobody would ever want you. And I thought, you little punk. And back then, I was, I I mean, I have four brothers. Man, I had a rough household. And they were all wrestlers, and they were all fighters, and guess what I was. And so I looked at him, and I thought, man, if we weren't in class, I would totally have you by the neck right now. But then in in the night, I thought about that. I thought, man, is that a true statement? You know why I'm crying? Because I met this man named Jesus. And he said, I want you. I love you. I didn't realize how much that hurt until I came into the Lord. Because then what happened was, I kept myself away from God because I thought, you're not going to want me. Don't you know everything I've done? And he said, of course I do. Why do you think I died for you? Of course I know what you've done and who you are and what you've been through. Of course. That was the whole purpose I came. Listen, when you find the love of Christ, it doesn't matter that nobody wants you. It doesn't matter what anyone says about you. There's no greater love than Christ himself. Those wounds, he bound up. Most of my life I have felt rejection. 
my dad and I didn't get along. We get along great now. But I didn't have a relationship with him. Like I said, there was a lot of things that went on in my house that, you know, a lot of it I'll leave out. But rejection is real, and it hurts, and it does make wounds. And I don't care who it is. It hurts. And I was standing in the presence of the Lord. Listen, there's, there's a teaching that comes around about every 30 years or so. And, it, you know, they're talking about inner healing. You have to go back to where this hurt was, and you have to go all the way back. No, you don't. You come to Christ. I just stood in the presence of my God and I said, Lord, I need your help. I just want you. And all that hurt, all those wounds, the the lifetime of junk, the Lord took right away. In a moment. It didn't take me years to get through it. I didn't even know I was holding half of it. I just knew I didn't want anybody close to me because I didn't want to be rejected. I'm sharing stories because I want you to know that the past can destroy you and keep you from what God wants you to do. Jesus binds up our wounds. He makes them brand new. There's no no hurt there anymore. I cry because my God is good. He is the lover of my heart. He saw my face. He saw your face when he went to the cross. Amen? These are things that leave impressions. Loss. Loss of a loved one. Man, that hurts. Maybe you were praying for someone and they didn't make it. Maybe you were so close to someone and it was tragic and it hurt. Maybe you were just really, knew someone was going to pass away, that we're going to go home. But it still hurts. You know, one of the things you have to understand is if somebody says you should be over the loss of a loved one, tell them hogwash. Listen, I'm not going to let it hurt me. I'm not going to let it control me. Of course, I miss my grandma. I spent most of my life with her. Of course I'm going to miss her. I just don't stay in a dark place and say, God, God, why? Where were you? Listen, in a week's time, my grandma and I I spent a ton of time together. And uh, I spent every weekend with her, and she was kind of my stability. You know, my mom was great. My dad was, he's great now. But we we just didn't have a good family life. And uh, so I spent a ton of time with my grandma. And as I got older, I would even go after work and sit and hang out with her. And, um, you know, back then I smoked cigarettes, so I'd have a cigarette with my grandma on her front porch. But when I was a kid, we would always go sit on the, the porch and do crossword puzzles and play Yahtzee and we'd laugh. You know, so I had great, great memories of her. And then um, she found out she had an aneurysm. And she had emphysema too. When she went to the doctor, they said, we can either do surgery and it might burst, you might be okay. Or you can go home and say goodbye to everyone. You have seven days. Literally, from the day they told her, was seven days. I prayed with her. I'm like, Lord, I'm trusting you. But my grandma accepted what was going to happen to her. She had seven days, and she said, okay, I'm taking my seven days. And 
So many times we can ask God why. We might never have an answer, and that's okay. It's okay. The secret things are his. They're not always ours. He'll tell us if he wants us to. No, but they're not ours if he says no. And uh, the day before she passed away, I was praying with her, and, and the neighbor girl came in, and my grandma said, hey, move, I need to talk to her. And I thought, man, I've been on my knees praying for you and been with you. And, you know, my whole, my whole life it was my grandma and I, you know. We'd go shopping with my mom, and, and, uh, and I thought, man, that hurt. The next day she passed away. I thought, man, Lord, okay, I know she's with you. Listen, the secret things are the Lord's. Last night, my grandma's been gone for, what, 10 years now? Last night, I said, Lord, I'll share this. I don't want to, but I'll share it. And I said, I still don't understand why I was kind of pushed to the side. And last night, he told me, he said, because she knew you would be okay, and this girl wasn't. I thought, wow. Ten years later, I find out an answer. That was another wound that was healed up. In a moment's time, I was healed from it. But the Lord said, she knew you would be okay. Some of those things, man, they hurt, though. We don't understand why. How do we overcome this? We have to have faith in Jesus Christ. We have to have faith that he is the healer of the brokenhearted. He was anointed to do it. It takes power to be healed. It takes a surrender, amen? You have to trust in the Lord that he is the one that binds up your wounds. He's the one that makes everything new. Everything new, amen? We have to ask him to help us. Listen, I'm not saying it's going to be easy all the time. But it's possible. And God wants you healed up, not just physically, but emotionally. He wants to take that hurt and remove it. I could tell you story after story after story. But all I'm going to say is God is good and he is faithful and he is the one that can do anything that you ask him to do. He's waiting for you to draw near. He's waiting to remove this stuff from you. And you don't have to go back to when it was. He'll do it in an instant. Amen? We have to learn to surrender to him. A life surrender to God is a beautiful thing. It really is. Because then those walls come down. And we learn to trust in the Lord with everything we have in us. There won't be any walls for him to try to get through. Amen? Psalms 34, 17 through 19 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears, and he delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as, a, as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. Listen, there are many afflictions when you serve the Lord. 
and through life. The Lord is going to deliver you out of them. Amen. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. We have a high priest who sympathizes with us. He knows what you're going through. He knows the hurt that you've been, had your whole life. He knows that, you, that, that moment when somebody hurt you so bad and you just can't seem to forgive them because it, it made a wound. He knows what you're going through. It's time to let him go. That person died. Dead men don't have feelings. We can't live on what we feel. We have to live by faith, by the truth of God's word. Amen? So first and foremost, we have to learn to let it go. We have to forgive. We have to release people. We have to ask the Lord to help us with hurt. That's not us anymore. Amen? We need help to get through it. And he is faithful. He is faithful. He says, come near to me. Come nigh. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for those walls to come down because he wants his power running through you and in you. Amen? These are some things that are keeping us victims. And we're supposed to be victorious. And then we move to how do we keep ourselves from hurt? How do we keep ourselves from walking in unforgiveness? When something happens to you, forgive quickly. Listen, quickly forgive them. Because the more we hold on to it, the more the lie comes, the more it, it'll stay in us, and then eventually it'll become a root of bitterness. And when something is rooted, it's hard to get it out. We're supposed to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Forgive quickly, get rid of it quickly. It's not ours. Jesus said, remember, they hated me first. Man, those people that he loved were the ones that were beating him, that were mocking him when he was on the cross. <coughs> he said, Father, forgive them. Learn to have that spirit. Father, forgive them. I forgive them. I choose to forgive. I choose to let go of hurt. I can't do it on my own. I need your help, but I choose to let it go. Amen? We have to read the word. We have to stay faithful to do what the word says. You can't do this without the word. The word is truth. The word is life. Amen? Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Stay in the word. Stay close to Jesus because when you do, nothing will cause you to stumble. Nothing. I'm pretty sure that means no thing. No person, no circumstance, nothing. We got to be as people who stop stumbling, who are not offended, who don't walk in unforgiveness, but we forgive and we love and we release hurt as soon as we possibly can. Amen? We have to walk in love. Oh my goodness, if the body of Christ could get this. 
I'm included. I'm pointing right at me. We have to choose to walk in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That's what love is. We have to be a people of love. We have to walk in love. We have to choose to walk in love. This is all a choice for each and every one of us. We have to keep ourselves built up in the spirit. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. We're a word of faith, spirit-filled church. We believe in the power of the Lord. We believe in the spirit of the living God. Listen, I am a tongue talker, and I don't know what I would do without it. Because even in my weakest moments, even when I don't know how to pray, even when I don't know what to do, I can pray in the Holy Ghost and it feels like weights are lifted off me. I am built back up in my faith. I am built back up. I know I can do this. I pick my head back up. I can do this. That's Jude 20, 120, sorry. One of the last things is we have to guard our hearts. Don't let your heart become hardened. The word says guard your heart. Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Guard your heart. That is one of the key things. Listen, there are times that we let our guard down. Not everybody has your best interest at their heart. But guarding our heart doesn't mean that we're hardened toward people. It means we still have compassion and we still are able to walk in love. But then the things that somebody might say, they're not going to penetrate. That's okay. That's what you think of me. That's okay. I'm going to wash that right away. I'm going to forgive that, and I'm going to keep walking on. That's putting a guard over our heart. I guard my heart with the word of God, with the truth of God's word. Yeah, you say that, but God says this. You might feel this way, but this is what God says. It's important to stay in your word, and it's important to be guarded by the word. Trust in the Lord. I'm supposed to trust in him. People are going to fail you and let you down. You're going to fail you and let you down. But when we trust in the Lord with everything we have in us and we trust in the Holy Ghost, we trust in the Word, we can keep our hearts guarded and then we can allow the love and the power of God to penetrate in us and be used through us. We're not victims anymore. We're victorious and we're overcomers. Amen? It's time to let this stuff go. Amen? You are a new creation. The past died with Christ. You have a brand new life in Christ. You're victorious over your past. You're victorious over her. And not only that, but you're empowered by God to do something about it. And maybe help somebody else that isn't, doesn't know how to get through it. Amen? God can't use us to... St- demonstrate his glory, 
his power, his grace, and his mercy as long as we stay in past hurts, as long as we stay in unforgiveness, and as long as we stay in a constant remembrance of everything that happened to us. God said bring things to remembrance to him. That means, Lord, you said I am the healed. You said I'm righteous. You said I am worthy and I am valuable. This stuff can't hold me anymore. Amen? Well, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that in a moment's time, when we call upon your name, you hear us and you deliver us from all of our troubles. Father, I thank you that you, you heal the brokenhearted. That's what you came here to do, not just physically, but to heal our hearts, to heal our emotions, to heal hurt feelings. These things that are plaguing the body of Christ, we choose to let them go, and we choose to stand as overcomers and more than conquerors and victorious in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for everyone that is here, that is, this word has ministered somehow or some way. Father, I thank you that the past is the past. We choose to release it. We choose to release people. We choose to forgive people. And we choose to press forward to you. Father, you're our God. We love you. We need your help. I thank you, Father, that we can guard our hearts with your word, guard our hearts with your love, guard our hearts in the spirit. And we can still have the same compassion, the same love that Jesus himself did. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command these walls that we've put up to be brought down in Jesus' name. These walls have to be broken down in Jesus' name. We can't treat you like we treat the rest of the world. You only have good for us. You only have love and grace and mercy for us. The secret things are yours, and we might not know everything, but we're called to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Father, we don't want to carry these anymore. We choose to release them this morning. Father, continue, continue to minister to your people. Continue to open our eyes to things that are holding us back from who you are and what you want us to do. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your great love and your great mercy and your great grace. <laughs> I thank you that we're not marred vessels, but we're vessels of honor fit for your use. Father, I just give you all the glory. I give you all the honor and all the praise in the holy, majestic name of Jesus. Amen.